Yeah. Sure. Yeah. This is a regular episode, man. I'm excited. It's been a while. It's been it's been Ugh. it's been a while. Ugh. Are you gonna sing the song? No, I'm not gonna sing a goddamn song. Hello friends. Hello, friend. <laughs> it's nice to see you again. Are you talking to the four people that listen? Five people. Thank you for reaching out. <laughs> Yes, and if you like the sound of our voice, whatever you listen to this on, you like it, leave a comment, all that fun Subscribe. Stuff. This guy doesn't remember anyway. <laughs> We're at comic underscore patrol at Twitter, and you can email us at comic patrol, one word, pod pod. I wasn't getting, I, I wasn't getting there yet. I was just talking. Just give them, the give them everything. The host. They need it. They, yeah. They want to reach out. They want to know. Well, okay, comic patrol pod at gmail.com or comic underscore patrol at no at comic <laughs> underscore patrol that's right for twitter you do the twitter thing yeah, yeah, come see our unmanned twitter where every so often i'll throw up a, a panel and be like where's staff boy like i swear we hired a staff boy has found greener pastures so we are we're hiring for a staff boy so if you want to drop us a resume and by resume anything funny you think that other people will want to laugh at we will take it <laughs> stat boy Awkward silence. Back at it again, like we never left. Coke and dank, dank and coke. We are D. Lethal weapons. Hey, dank. Hey, coke. What is the type of gun that has never killed anything? Golden gun. A vegan. That's legit. You get legit for that one. Yeah, that was a good one. That one brought me back in. Now we got you locked yeah. in. We got you. We got you locked Stupid in. Stupid vegans, just eat the eat the eggs. You can't replace eggs. You ever see that? You ever see that, you ever see that meme where it's like there's like twelve urinals. Uh-huh. It's the one guy in the far urinal, and then the other guy walks in, and he walks all the way next to him, and he goes. Shadow from the mountaintop. I don't eat faces. Well, we eat faces, just not as much as you do. Yeah. Face. But this is Comic Patrol, full episode. I wish we were doing a face-eating comic. That would have been a perfect segue. That would have been good. We're not doing face-eating. Uh, it's been a while since we've dropped a... F- we call them full episodes, uh, which are our longest segment. Our last one was number 76. That was back in March. That was the Brubaker and Phillips six-pack, where we went over six of our favorite comics from that duo. And that, that wasn't even like a real episode. That was like an amalgamation compilation. It was an amalgamation, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, the, but the one, the one before that was our Blackest Night event, is where we read uh, the Blackest Night event one comic at a time. We record it one at a time and put it together. So you get so, our, you get our fresh reactions after every issue. an amalgamation. So you just keep telling people yeah. that we're we're not, we don't want to, we can't stand talking for each other for longer than an hour consecutively that's fine because you can also also check out our last arc analysis where we just focus on one book last the last one was shirtless bear fighter 2 <sighs> <We're, we're, laughs> that, that right? did not pass the the rereadables unfortunately would you reread that yeah again? Shirtless, yeah no no not two one i'd read one i have i, I bought one and yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll read that every year <laughs> like it's a tradition without fail thing is but today we're doing an AXP, which is across the pages, where we take two properties and we find similarities in them, as long as they have the same sort of sort of medium. This in this case, we got a movie and a show, a movie and a comic for each, and we kind of cross them over. We got before we used to just cover one, and you'd cover the other one, and we'd kind of do a show and tell thing. But this time, we've done it differently, where we watched and read everything. Oh, was I supposed to do that? Oh, shit. <laughs> okay we'll just pretend you did right. 
<laughs> I watch Parabellum because that's the best one. <laughs> you, the look in your face. You don't like Parabellum? No. What is that? What does that mean? I don't know, but I just like they say excommunicado way more than they need to. So <laughs> he's excommunicado, excommunicado. I didn't even know what the word meant. So he's many times. So many times. But yeah, so we're doing uh, John Week, John Wick, <laughs> John, Wee- John Week. I don't know why I just <laughs> changed. <français>. Like <laughs> John Week. John Week. Mousdou John Week. Mousbouche. Mousbouche. Yeah. <laughs> We're off the road. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. I'm just super tired. It's going to work either way. But yeah, we're doing John Wick, AXP, so across the page with The Punisher. Um, now Hood Classics. I'm going to say both of them are Hood Classics. Because yeah, yeah, Punisher we- fans are devout Punisher fans. They love Frank Castle and all the chaos that he gets into. And John Wick has managed to create like generations. This franchise started in 2014. It's now 2023. Four movies is going to spawn a TV show, but those that love the John Wick love the John Wick, and now this is the new kind of action hero for our day, right? Mm-hmm. And that's crazy for Keanu Reeves because he's been all over the actions and found a way to reinvent himself again. So. And I remember we, we're we're talking about the first movie tonight and Punisher Warzone, but for the movie parts of it, but for for John Wick, it's interesting because I remember seeing it come out. Uh, like in 2014, you said, and I just was like, "Oh, I don't know what this is, but whatever." And then when I finally did end up watching it, it was it was like, "Wow!" A week or two before the second one was about to drop. Okay, so I, got, I got to watch them back to back, and I was Very like, nice. "Oh, wow, this is." But the first one, it didn't blow my mind, but I was like, it hooked me hard. I was like, "This yes. is wicked." <laughs> they they hit that perfect sweet spot of just like, "Don't fuck with a man, and don't fuck with a man's." dog and everyone's like yeah. you should love that dog alone right like, simple premise and a really cool um world yes well ca- interesting characters interesting characters and, and just right to the point and then the choreography yeah the choreography and the directing is super stylized um and then we would later find out how much work keanu reeves puts into being john wick with all like they nine times out of ten they have the choreography in mind before they even have like the action sequence or the script, they just know you're going to fight these four guys. So this is kind of how we want that dance to roll through. And you can see it because he seems so calculated and controlled and measured, but Keanu Reeves being kind of Neo from the Matrix, he knows what it takes to keep his eye on the prize and like practice, 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 nail it. And you see those, you see those shots of him with like the AR rifle going through like the training. Like he's mm-hmm. he's really doing it. And they yeah. ask him like, "You do your own stunts?" He goes, "I don't really do stunts, but I do, I do all like all my choreography." He's like, "But when you see someone getting thrown out of a car, he's like, that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a stunt. But I do all my own like fight, my choreography, my fighting, my shooting, and it's really cool because then it gives the director, I think, more freedom to keep move, the shots fluid, out, right? Yeah. yeah, you don't have to keep replacing with a stunt double." And he's on, he's he's in the, I guess we're talking about John Wick right right off the bat. Like he's in the movie 90% of it. Like you're getting his face in frame. He's holding it down and not a lot of dialogue for him. I don't think he says more than, I want to say 60 words, maybe. I could be wrong. He does talk a bit in this one, in the first one. I think he he might, I haven't seen the fourth one yet, but the first. Oh yeah, I, I think because he has he has conversations with legs and uh, yeah, I think he yeah. actually talks the most in this one, maybe. <laughs> and it's not a lot of talking though, right? No, like, it's, it's not. No, it's everyone else around him, like Baba Yaga. And as soon as I heard Baba Yaga, like that's the shit that like <laughs> made him like a cult status, internet success of just like no, no, we this is the boogeyman, right? So I really appreciate about this movie, great as you said, great world building. But they managed to like be subtle and not give us all the exposition of everything that was happening. Like those gold coins, for instance. Like I didn't know what it was, but you know anyone that has them is a major player in this kind of world. So those those little touch tones when we first saw this movie, I was like, yeah. I think that's what I like. Not the most, but that's that was the most intriguing part. Was this like this hidden? I don't know the word like this, this hidden, I don't want to say kingdom because it's not a kingdom organization, this hidden right. organization, like that kind of overlaps with the real world. Right. And everybody's just like, you could go down the street and you could pass by like, four or five assassins and wouldn't even know it. And then they have the continental, that, that building where it's like, it's like Switzerland. Nobody can hurt. Nobody's yeah. supposed to hurt each other in there. Right. <laughs> right. 
Um, so it's like they're, it's like they're, their home base, they can kind of recover and stuff, but it's, it's cool. Cause it's, they don't really tell you what they are. They don't mm-hmm. really tell you how it works. Mm-hmm. They don't really tell you the value of those gold coins. It's just like that gold coin can get you basically anything. Like it's, right. here's a gold coin. Okay. Let's just take out this dead body. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> but that's what kind of keeps it cool. Is like, you don't like, you want to know more, but you don't want to know more. You're like, no, I get it. This the secret society. We're just going to roll with it. Gold all coins we, are kind of, all we ask is trust. Yeah. And he loses it immediately. So, so I guess we're doing the movie. We'll do John Wick first, since we're all over it. Well, yeah, we'll keep going, but let's, we want to talk about why we chose these two. I think it's pretty obvious, though. Right, right but it- we got to say it. Right, this is across the pages, so we got to figure. We got to say why we chose these two. We chose Swamp Thing and, and Iceman because they're underrated elemental forces that need to, to see some love. These two are vigilantes. Vigilant. Revenge they, mongers. Revenge. There we mm. go. There we go. Well, tacti- tacticians. Tacticians. Tragic, tragic backstories. Tragic heroes. Uh, reluctant heroes. Yeah. Tired. <laughs> these, <laughs> these guys are always tired. I can't blame them. Yeah. Um, they've, they Also, these guys are immortal because in movie logic, they get shot so many times. Never in the face, which again, movie logic. You can't shoot them in the face because that would end everything. But they shot a lot of people in the face. Can't yeah. wait till we get to Warzone. Oh man, yeah. headshot, 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 headshot. They could be. <laughs> they they could pretty much be one man armies in a way. I think more so one. John Wick than Punisher. But that's we. They're forces, right? They come through. And it's like, uh, no. You can you can argue that uh, Punisher is a one man army. He just has yes. people that kind of give him intel and works yeah. with the police somehow. But again, so does John Wick. Like, there's a moment yeah. where the cop comes up and is like, hey. You back, <laughs> you back, you back working, John? <laughs> just just a little bit. Just cleaning some stuff up. Yeah. All right. Like, you have a good right. night in the dead body. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yep. Not going to say anything about this. Let's get into it. John Wick, 2014. Directed by Chad Stanhelinski. Written by David Leach and Derek Kolstad. We have the underrated cast because I didn't realize how many kind of A-lists. Cast is amazing. That were in it till I watched it again. Yes. Yeah. The, the cast is low key amazing. So you got Keanu Reeves playing John Wick, Michael Nitzquit, Nicequit playing Vigo Tarvison, Alfie Allen playing Isof Tarvis. Tarvisov? Yeah. Isof. Yusof. Willem Dafoe playing Marcus, Dean Winters playing Avi, Adrian Palalecki playing Miss Perkins, Omar Banir playing Gregory, Toby Leonard Moore playing Victor. Bridget Monaghan playing Helen, Johnny Legs, Leguizamo playing Arello, yeah. Ian McShane playing Winston, oh. Bridget Riley playing Addie, rest in peace now, Lance Riddick There's playing the, the hotel manager, um, Keith Jardine playing Kuzma, fine, Tate Fletcher playing Nikolai, because he goes down pretty hard. Yeah, Nikolai does. Oh, my mistake. Kevin Nash playing Francis. There I forgot. <laughs> Goddamn, Kevin Nash is in this bad boy. I saw him and I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, thanks for getting hype up this. <laughs> I, I, I did. And I forgot he was in it. Uh, yeah. More shadow. It's fine. Thomas Saduki playing Jimmy. Randall Duke Kim playing Continental Doctor. David Patrick Kelly playing Charlie. Clark Peters, legend from The Wire, playing Harry. It's it's pretty cool about the, the, the Wire alumni that crossed the two movies. That wasn't lost on me. That was pretty cool. And then the Kevin name. Nash cameo is like literally <laughs> like two minutes. He's but it's so big, funny that he's him. just a big Russian dude. Damn, yeah. that's why we should. Oh, we should have done Thomas J. Because he's the he's the, what's the, the sailor or whatever in that. Yeah, yeah. not even sailor. He's just a Russian, but he's wearing like this sailor. No, suit. It's, a, it's it's a character's name. I think he's called the sailor like from the <laughs> comics. Yeah, like, oh, he's blonde. And that fight is hilarious because he like slams the gun. And then like it just yeah, I don't remember. Flat. I remember he's basically he's basically like super shredder, right? Isn't he like yeah? He's just he's literally throwing <laughs> Thomas Jane into like refrigerators and cupboards yeah. and stuff. Yeah, but Warzone has McNulty, so true. there's the wire thing. So there's, uh, there's okay, I okay, thought that's that, what you're going. Okay, that's what you're going for. I didn't think of that. That's a good. That's a good across the pages. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough, sir. So it kind of worked either way, but um, it did. And again, first one has a. What? John Travolta. There we go. Yeah, yeah, Trav, yeah. <laughs> that just would have been jokes on jokes on jokes. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we'll too. We should we'll bottle we'll cap that probably. We'll that. No, he's just he's just called the Russian. He's just the Russian. That's what's yeah. called the sailor. Just the <laughs> Jesus. That's all right. Sailors are this Russian. This Russians movie is so effective because it's so simple. While minding his own business as as a retired 
assassin after the untimely death of his wife, who mm-hmm. left him a puppy, really cute dog, as a parting gift. He's confronted one day by a young Russian thug who wants to buy his car. Says no. The thug comes in with his boys, assaults John Wick, kills his dog. Takes the and car. leaves and takes the car. So how many how many exes were there? Why why kill the dog? Didn't need to do that. Could have just stole the why? car. Why why keep the guy alive knowing you stole the car? He knows you like the car. You saw him in the gas station. He's like, I'll buy your car. He's like, No, it's not for sale. It's like everything's for sale. And then shows up and he's alive. Like you can tell this is the son of a big boss because sloppy, 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 sloppy. Yeah. Uh-oh. The entitlement is brutal with this kid. It's just like, I want it. I'll take it. No, it's okay. Okay. I'm going to go kill your dog then. What, what? Why? Literally has enough money to be like, hey, dad, I want this car. We should get this car. Ship it in for me. No, I yeah. want your car. Really? You're going to drive faster? Can you drive it in an airport hangar? And- yeah, the more you... Th- the more you think about it, the more you realize this is kind of dumb. But at the same, but at the same time, it's like from start to finish, you take that aside. It's kind of like the perfect action film. It's like it's got the build up, it's got mm-hmm. the, it's got the excitement, it's got the climax, and then the hero wins. But it's a tragic win. Like it's like it's such a good. And it's it's the the action isn't nonstop, which I appreciate. Yes, but when it hits, it hits like crazy, and it's then they pa- have these nice it's breaks. In very well, yes, yes, very pacing. well, and then uh. A few car sequences and car chases that I definitely enjoyed and wasn't expecting for this. Again, I thought it was going to be all handheld. Mm-hmm. And they kind of they kind of go away from that in the sequels because they have to escalate it. So, like, he ends up on a horse and a bike and a truck and turns into, like, Fast and the Furious because he'll be in yeah. space at some point. But when you kept it simple, it was very clean. Like, as much as this isn't a clean movie because there's so much blood all over everything, the objective is always very clean. Like, John knows... Hey, like my car's gone, my dog's dead. What I have to do next? And one, it's go to the basement. Two, it's suit up. Three, it's like go see this guy about this, and so on and so forth. And he just kind of just starts returning back to his old life and seeing the old faces and being like, yeah, "So you're back to work?" It's like got got to take care of this one thing, right? So, to your credit, this is a perfect sort of action story of one last mission, one last job, like one day from retirement because he doesn't really get it and. Here we are all in, right? Yeah, and it's almost like this movie really shouldn't be as good as it is, but it is, and we love it for it. And the, like you went to the cast, and the casting is perfect. There's not really much else to say about the plot development. It's more about what kind of like the 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 points, the destinations. Like he goes and does this, and there's this fight, and then he kind of goes over here, and there's this fight, and so you kind of have to watch it to see it. But right. did you did you have a favorite action sequence? Oh, it's easy. As soon as he goes to the Russian club, come on, the bathhouse. Yeah, the club is amazing. Yeah, yeah the the, uh, the Red Circle Club. It's the <laughs> yes, club. it's a bath. It's a bathhouse with showers and like I guess hookers and a club up- upstairs and then downstairs. Like you can go in like hot tub. Doesn't make any sense. Like logistically, sense. I don't know yeah. who's cleaning those tubs, but they're dirty every day. But once John gets in there and just starts scoping it, bang, 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 bang. Like it's just and the amazing. music keeps changing. It starts with that yes. loud. Like, doom, doom, doom. I, try, I love that song. I have it on playlist even now. But it starts with that, and then it kind of goes to the club, and it's more like, blah, 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 like dubstepy yes. thing, and then it kind of just escalates, escalates, and he doesn't even the the coolest part, not the coolest part, but a cool part about that scene is he doesn't get his target. He just, no. but what he's able to do is kind of show off. Because that's like the big, that's the first big action sequence, right? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, oh, wow, this guy is serious. Yeah. It's his reintroduction. What did you think of like the stylized uh, subtitles? Like that was the the bit, like for me, it was like comic booky, the way that they they, like italicized it and kind of gave you a different view on how you would read Russian or all the other things that they're throwing out there. What'd you think? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. The colors, the color changing kept it interesting. It kept fresh for your eyes, like the difference that it's that just that one fight scene is like is crazy. And then when you stack it on top of the other things, the other fight scenes, and not only that, but the intrigue between the characters, Mm -hmm. because there's like the Willem Dafoe character who's friends with John Wick, but he's paid to kill him. Right, but he doesn't kill him. That comes full circle. Like it's it's kind of cool how even the minor pro- plot threads, nothing's really ignored. I don't think. And he's a vegan. Maybe I don't know. He was, he was juicing. I don't know. We got to see him juice, but he was juicing. That's right. His carrot juice. <laughs> <laughs> he needed it. I guess we need yeah. to see him need it. Would you say that this movie, because it's not a lot of plot development, is a character 
development movie? Like, do we learn more about John Wick? Yeah, it's more. It's you don't really learn much. Well, you you learn about his 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 motivations, but and mm-hmm. but you don't really. He doesn't have much of a personality, really. It's more the other characters and how much they respect him, right? right. Like, there's even even uh, Zavigo, the 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 big bad. He's kind of right. like when it, when he finds out that his son robbed messed with, the book, messed with the him he's, he's yeah. like yeah. he's like you're dead he's like <laughs> like there's nothing you can do he's going to come for you like he's so heartbroken that he punches his son in the gut like it's like <laughs> you idiot like you're you i can't stop this yes i'm gonna try but <laughs> you did this you son of a bitch i think that's so cool because yeah. there's like a there's like a respect thing but he's not he's scared but he's not running away either he's like all right I'm is it a respect or is it a fear it's just like yeah. i've i've been in this game long enough to know there's certain people you don't mess with and you mess with that one guy that you shouldn't have messed with and two his son could have made his name off of been like i killed john wick like just kill the guy there's no movie for us but if you're killing a dog if you're killing a puppy kill the guy take the car yeah i'm yeah. a badass just go all the way why why but then yeah i don't know the entitlement right maybe he wanted him to know that he tortured him like I want. It's, you know, it's, I don't know. He's a prick. Is it's is it? weird. We just kind of and then it, like the way he we're I, spoiling things, but the way he dies is just so. <laughs> yep, like, that's that kind of fitting though, because it's just he just doesn't even say anything. Just walks up, bang. Well, it turns out that the son is the sub boss, right? Like yeah. that. It's not even halfway through the movie until the real boss reveals himself, and it's a whole, kind of a whole other movie. Like it steps up a little bit. It does, yeah. But it's, I don't know, I think it's, I think it's, yeah, I think it is like the perfect action film. And I, I still, like, I watched, watching it again, it was like a joy. I was like, man, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, but this is so good to watch again. Yeah. Even the way he suits up, man, like all yeah. dressed in black. And it's just... He's got the Kevlar then, suits. Yep. I always love it any time that, uh, I don't know if it happens in this one, but uh, in the obvious sequels where he'll like shake a jacket out and you just hear like casings fall. It's That's like, right. Yeah. yeah. I, li- I like those little. He doesn't do it in this one, but does, yeah, yeah, they get more advanced than later ones. Anyways, when we look at, when we put this on top of Punisher Warzone, how does it stack up? How does it stack up? Because in this, in, in Warzone, man, this movie is a complicated movie because so the, the idea is during his war on crime, Frank accidentally kills a U.S. agent in within the uh, Billy, the bad guy's gang, mm-hmm. and it's a man who had a who had a bunch of Billy's money. So then Billy wants to find his money again. I'm just, I'm jumping ahead to the actual like the, the plot of the, the plot movie. of the movie, and that's basically it. So it's like okay, that's kind of cool. Frank accidentally kills an undercover agent, but all right, get, we can get to the casting first, but it's. Do you want to? No, let's talk about it a little bit. Okay, there's a lot. Because I will, I, I will say, like John Wick, this seemed like a comic book movie. It's very yes. stylized. It's very, um, like, you'll see the color palette. There's certain moments where, like, Frank is in the foreground, and the background's lit purple, and, the like, the brick in front of him's lit yellow. And I'm like, this looks exactly like a graphic novel. So they, there was always an intention paid to that. They don't pull any punches with the killing and how he kills and the way he kills. I got to see him punch a, a, a fist through a skull. Which spoiler alert happens in one of the comics we got to read, and I enjoy that. Um, so there's an escalation, but I don't know if everything made sense in it. I feel like there's characters that were useless essentially, and just for a story that didn't really pull together. If this was just everybody against Frank, and we got to go to that hotel, and he was just spending his again, because my favorite action scene in this movie is that hotel where Billy assembles all of his. I guess, uh, international goons and all of their gangs. He's got like Triad, he's got the Irish gang, he's got like the Black Crew gang. And they're just all in this hotel hanging and banging. I like, I like, that's the, for me, the best scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but like story wise, it's kind of thin mm-hmm. and not in the best way. I wish it was like simplistic, but it seems like anytime they threw something, in it, it wasn't in service of like I want to know what's going on with Frank, and there's all this extra stuff with. Yeah, see, my thing is, I uh, I'm I'm two minds this film because in once at one end, just like you were saying, you can tell the director and writer who's that Lexi Alexander is the the yes, director, director, right? Like, right. 
she and, and the team really paid attention to the source material. They mm-hmm. really want, they made a really good version of the Punisher. I thought Ray Stevenson, I think is actually the best one we've seen the way he kind of carries himself. He's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Better than David Hasselhoff. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't seen that one. So, so right. I'm going to, I'm going to assume. Yeah. Better hold, than Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. My bad. Uh, Dolph. Dolph is Dolph. Punisher. Nick so, Fury is Hasselhoff. There so, and then, and then I, I did some research too. I'm digging around because I was like, wait a second. I know these characters, like the main crew. And every character in this movie, save for one, or every main character is from the comic books. Mm -hmm. Do you know which one isn't from? Uh, Nikki. No, Looney Bin Jim isn't from the comic books. Really? Yeah, isn't that cool? And so Nikki in the the books, even in that book we read, Nikki's there with Pitsy and Ink, right? In this one, Nikki's the mole. But in the other ones, Nikki is Nikki is one of the few people that has ever survived an encounter with with Frank from the from the comics, right? And Pitsy and Ink are his his two his two hands, right? So yeah, in this sorry. one, they're part of Jigsaw's crew. Nikki's a mole. Pitsy and Ink are Jigsaw's guys, and then Looney Bin Jim is his brother, who's fictional or made. They're all fictional, and they're made up. Right, right. When you, talk- I like that trope though. Like anytime movies do like uh, evil brother and like a really crazy younger brother, crazy like Face Off, Dust Till Dawn. Like I love that trope. So like this worked, but mm. it was almost like they didn't have enough to do with Looney Bin Jim. Like his motivation is like I just want to kill Frank Castle. Yeah, he was, like, just, he was he was he was just an extra body to kill. Because but then when it goes deeper than that, um, Soap and Budiansky. They're in right. different. They're from the comic books too, and they and yeah. soap in the books feeds him information. Budiansky is from a run as well, where he starts to, um, he he starts to lose it, and he starts to kind of become a puncher himself. And Frank stops him before he actually kills anybody, uh-huh. right? And all this in this movie, soap feeds him information. He stops Budiansky from going into the oh yeah the hotel the, the hotel to start killing people. Yep. Um, Carlos Cruz. In the books, when Frank retires, he takes up the mantle. Micro convinces him to take up the mantle. He gets killed, but that actually kind of happens here, right? Like it's he doesn't right. take up the mantle, but he's kind of so. The attention to detail like that is like you guys did an amazing job. They adapted parts of the book, parts of books into this movie, and did it in a realistic way that actually worked, and that's fantastic. But- the story. And the dialogue is fucking horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so cheesy. It's yeah, so you, hammy. You end up hating Angela because Angela just seems useless. Yes. And it's just the way they talk is so annoying. It's like like the whole you're talking about Especially the, Soap. Especially Soap, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then you're talking about Jigsaw when he, he gets all the crews oh. together. That's cool. But oh, then okay. at the same time, he's doing his little talk in front of the American flag. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, and it's like we, we should assemble together. And like, I was going to ask who his tailor was because he got like this nice cream yeah, ivory suit. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, what? Do, what right, you, what's the tone here, right? We're like, are we <laughs> are we going like through killing? Are we like, what is this? Like, it's not. It's not which is a hard. Which is kind of a hard road to walk with punisher right like he's never been the comic relief he's always had another character in there to be comic relief he's pretty stern and pretty serious so again ray stevenson was great for it but there's something you need to kind of lighten about this movie because they couldn't go completely i mean it was r-rated they should have gone completely actually i think completely over the the edge and just like this dark for the dark sake because you have soap right soap's kind of a like a nerdy character you make him if you want any kind of comedic relief it's him everybody else in this movie, there's no really reason for them to be silly and hammy Unless, although dominic west seemed like he had fun <laughs> yeah a ter- and terrible accent ter- yeah. terrible accent that pulled me out but looney bin jim all right let's get into casting because yeah. we already talking about that we're talking about punisher Warzone 2008 if you're alive congratulations because this movie was out then directed by lexi alexander who's gone on to do some good stuff like she did that hooligan movie uh, Green Street Hooligans. Give that sh- give mm, that a shot okay. if you haven't seen that. Okay. So directed by Lexi uh, Alexander, writ- written by Nick Sotora, Art Markham, and Matt Holloway. It stars Ray Stevenson as the titular character, Frank Castle, the Punisher. Dominic West playing Billy and Jigsaw. 
Doug Hutchison playing Looney Bin Jim, Colin Salmon playing Bud Paul Budinsky, Wayne Knight, maybe perfect casting, uh, yeah, playing Micro, Dash Minok playing Martin Soap, Julie Benz playing Angela, Stephanie Jan Usakas playing Grace, Mark Camacho playing Pitsy, Roman uh, Roman <laughs> Romano, there you go, Ozari playing Nikki. <laughs> Kira Mackie, Sanchez playing Ink, Larry Day playing Agent Miller, Ron Lee playing Captain Ross, David Valim playing uh, Christoph Balut, John Dunhill playing Caesar, Nico Nikolov playing Pompilou, and Albert Paleschio playing Tiberiu. Let's get into it. Well, we already were, but that's that's basically <laughs> that's basically the that's we talked about this already, but that's. <laughs> That's my gripe was... with it. That's my gripe with it is that it's it's so loved on one side, but then so not well done on the other side. <laughs> I will definitely say it, it has taken its homages from other comic book movies because in Jigsaw's origin story, he falls into a vat, and we've seen characters, villains fall into a vat and crushed up, and that's a pretty graphic scene and pretty damn good. But the one that really got me was when he goes to the doctor's office and he says, "Hand me the mirror." I've seen this before, so yeah. we're going to call it an homage because I don't think they stole it, but no. it's pretty blatant. Um, you get the whole Joker when they first reveal Joker in Batman. You get the same sort of thing with Punisher, and then he stabs him in the head with a pair of scissors. And you know, What'd you think of the makeup on Jigsaw? Uh, <laughs> it looked like a that mask. It looked like that a mask. That is correct, sir. It, it looked and like that- that's how like Dominic West kind of seemed like the comic relief for me because you couldn't take him seriously looking in the mask that he was in. Like his yeah. nose is kind of askew. There's a weird bulge eye, but they actually had like patches popping off his face yeah. in different colors. And that, that's like, where you got to sell it. He looked like he just walked into Batman forever. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> especially when he had the cream suit on. This I was like, all right, this is yeah. like skipping in the street. Yeah, and that's what I mean because he's. I'm sure they could have casted it better, but it's not like he he did what he was supposed to do, but he's just he was so like <laughs> just really, really hammy. And I was like, Yeah, I the can't. makeup was rough, his choices were rough, and the accent. His accent when he was Billy, I was like, This is a terrible American accent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And him and and him and Ray Stevenson are both not American based. Like I think Ray Stevenson's Australian. I didn't even know that. And I think Dominic West would is British. He's British. Yeah. yeah. So again, Hollywood going outsourcing, but imagine an actual Brooklyn, New Yorker. Uh oh, my bad. Ray Stevenson was born in Northern Ireland. Oh, there you go. Irish. But no, he was I thought he was great. I thought he was actually really good. He looked a lot like Frank, like a grizzled, angry yeah, Frank. He looked, like the, he looked tired. Yeah, he looked tired. He looked just sick of everybody's shit. It was kind of weird that he had that little bat cave kind of thing. It wasn't really a bat cave, <laughs> but it felt like it. You know what I mean? Like he had right. the kid, the chair that he was sitting down. I don't I'm like. I don't think he'd sit in this comfy chair. But I don't like. No. I don't know. There was there was the one scene. One of my favorite scenes actually is oh yeah oh yeah was um when he uh when he goes to the house to to save. With he's with Budiansky and they go to the house okay, right, and, yeah. and then soap lets him out and he goes mm-hmm. inside and he grabs the girl. He grabs the girl <laughs> and then he backs he up. Budinsky says, "Put your hands behind your back." Right? They got they finally got Pitsy. Pitsy's like, "Fine," and he picks up his shotgun. Looks like he's gonna back out and then yeah. <laughs> blows his head off. I was like, "What?" And that comes on the tail of my favorite scene because he finds is it Nikki. And Nikki puts his gun down to do ink, some coke. Ink, ink. ink, my bad. puts a, his coke down. puts his gun down to do some coke, and just gets greeted to a fist to his face, and like <laughs> just yeah. implodes. Yeah. And I was like, damn. Yeah. But that that girl, like, like that girl, her life's ruined. Right? That's what like, I mean. Like you're, you're holding this young girl, and you just blow the guy's guts open right in front. I was like, man, this is the war zone. Welcome to the war zone. And the girls even flinch. They like she takes him back. No. He takes him back to the hideout. She's going through toys and she's like happy yeah. as as can be. I'm like, man. They're talking about they talk about eggs and like medi I was laughing too when like Looney Bin was up in her room and just shoot like she he lined up the all dolls. the dolls. It was just doing execution. So like there's there's weird points in this movie that are unintentionally funny. Yeah. Or like we have a dark sense of humor. Um probably a bit of both. Fair. The pacing's fairly fast. Like it gets to 
where you want it to be um, almost immediately. And then you have, again, another... It's funny you say Batman Forever. Uh, he has the Sophie's choice of, are you going to save Micro? Yeah. Or are you going to save this little girl? He's like, one of them's got to die. One of them's got to... And I can't say that he had the best plan in that. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> because usually the hero gets to save both of them. He's like, no. Uh, spoiler. Like He doesn't actually kill Micro, but... Pretty much, right? Because yeah. he kills he kills Looney Bin Jim and then runs to go stop the bullet that Jigsaw will inevitably shoot at the girl. Meanwhile, Jigsaw's like, all right, cool, and puts one in Micro's, <laughs> Micro's head. head. <laughs> and I laughed. I was like, this is this is not a good this proves that you're not a hero. Yeah, this is right? not like, good. Yeah, this you're is... you're not a hero. Like But it's a movie. Yeah, it's it's a movie. It's uh I don't reg- I don't know that I, I didn't really hate my time with it, but I was kind of just like you said, it's not that long either, but at the same time at the end, I was like, can this just needs to end? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a movie with weird choices in it, right? Like there's the early dread guys in there and then Jigsaw's like, do your monkey thing. And like, he he goes off and I was like, what's going on here? You have to buy into the world, but the world is, Kind of a graphic novel, so I appreciate that. It's just weird that they couldn't pull it both together, but get a writer, I guess, what we're saying. That. Yeah. Now, this wasn't even planned, but when we picked the books and the movies, um, especially for this, I didn't realize, because I, I didn't realize that there was going to be so many similarities. Right. Because we can, we can transition to the book now, and which was, it's called, the arc is called, it's Punisher Max, and it's called In the Beginning is the, is the name of the arc. So it's the first few issues of the Punisher Max run by Garth Ennis. And um, there's the scene where in the movie where he throws the guy on the fence and then jumps mm-hmm. on his chest. That's, <laughs> that happens in the book. It's in the book. Oh, the, right. Both the movie and the book open with him killing Caesar. That's true. Right? And at a party. It was like Caesar at a group, or not a party, but at a, at a group event, and he kills Caesar. Right. So it's like, there's some, like, you can tell there's, they took parts of this book for this movie. In so I think, I think they yeah. went through and grabbed a bunch of different influences and used it for this movie. And, and this, this run, especially, because it has the same, it has Nikki and his gang, even though they mm-hmm. made him uh, an agent and stuff. So I thought that was interesting. I noticed that the, when as soon as the defense thing, I was like, Hey, I recognize that. Used on different different characters though. Because used it, in the book it was on Pitsy, right? Who was an animal in that in the book. God damn. He was killing everybody. Yeah. But so where the movie kind of falters and the tone's all weird, on the flip side, in the beginning, nails the tone. <laughs> yes. This comic was really good. Yes. The, and I will say, like it's a very good-looking comic. Mm-hmm. The one thing that pulled from me is kind of their choice of colors. I wish it was more muted and more kind of subdued. Often, certain pages are like blasting with color, and then it goes to like it goes from hot to cool colors really fast. And like that's just a nitpick. Like it pulled me out faster when like the story is so something that kind of consumes you and pulls you in. Like you start caring about all these different characters before you even get to like Frank and to see like Frank's evolution in this. It's kind of cool, right? Like he spends most of it kind of in the background, essentially, right? As they're like, like the interrogation and all that stuff. But I love how those panels look, right? There's certain panels that are completely all black and they have like the matrix type of color vibe throwing through it. And each character is like glowing off of like blues and purples. But then you'll go outside and it'll be like bright as day and they have like greens and reds and oranges and it's like i don't i don't want this i kind of want this to be a darker world i want it to be more like warzone where there's not a lot of color in warzone no like there's added in color right um it's very but bl- that it's d- very gray and yes and blue and-, and dark and then the only time you really see flashes of color is blood and even that's like toned down blood like it's like dark reds right not like uh explosion reds here. Mm. but a very strong story because yeah. we end up learning about all these characters i think more so than frank yeah because it sets the playing field where frank uh obliterates a bunch of mafioso at a 100th birthday party like we're talking about the caesar guy 
And at the same time, he's being watched by two cops, which is an operation you find out led by his old associate, Micro. And that was kind of a cool twist. Like, this is interesting. Yes. Right? Uh, he's like a he's a big player in this one, right? Yeah. And, and don't call him fat boy or else. <laughs> yeah, he's a, yo, he's he's tough in this too. He's a bo- he was yeah. grabbing nuts left and right. <laughs> and the the leftovers of the mob that he killed, they get desperate and they reach out to Nick Cavella, Nikki with Ink and Pitsy to take to take care of Frank. Right. Who still has to deal with Micro. So he's got he's got the cops on his one end with Micro and the undercovers and then he's got Nikki and his crew, and they're trying to clean him up, even if the guys who asked him to clean up don't want them to. Remember, he's like, right. the one, the, I can't remember his name, but he, he's like, yeah, come come help me take care of this stuff. And then he tells his boss. Not Bentho. Not Bertha. Bentho. Bethel's, yeah, Bethel. Bethel, my bad. And then they're like, they're like no, 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 no. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, what are you doing? Wait, don't, don't bring these guys. And he tries, and then as he's saying that, Nikki comes in and gets some kills. So it's like, all right. Well. <laughs> And the tone's amazing for this. Like yeah. this is way funnier than it's supposed to be. Like all the yes. goons are hilarious and dark, and there's all they're always kicking the door and be like, "Shut the fuck up, we're fucking here. Fuck this. Who the fuck's this?" Yeah. Like, uh. and you love it because this is the world. Like it's it's such a hard R graphic novel that you can't help but getting drawn in. So like you end like watching uh, Bethel, Beth, like his arc to get to Where like his ending was, <laughs> was so hilarious. Like it was so perfect. Like they like I. I loved how we, they panned him out because he's so front loaded. And you're like, who is this fucking slime ball? And like, he gets what's coming to him. I actually it's, laughed. It's I actually so laughed well out loud. Yes. I actually so laughed good. out loud. I think the, the big question here is, does he have a big dick? Because <laughs> that's, that that's all that she wanted. Yeah, she, and then you find, I'm like, why, she, why is she talking like this? And then you find out she's like a ref- "Quote unquote reformed criminal." I was like, "Oh, okay, that's why she's so like unrefined." I, like, oh. I did appreciate that she's one of the boys, right? Like, she doesn't yeah. like she's not as a side piece. She's just in there with them, saying all the same sort of bullshit that they'd be saying. But like, micro, micro turned out to be like the surprise for me because he double crosses and then gets double crossed. And I love that every character in this has nobody's clean. Everyone's a shade of gray. Everyone's got a little bit of tint on them. So when everyone gets their comeuppance, the way that they get their comeuppance, you kind of like laugh and love it because the writer took us on such a good journey. And this is this is how they started, Max, right? Like, again, this was yeah. the beginning. But- this is the, this is, no, I loved it. I loved the start to finish. I couldn't put it down. I was like, man, I want to keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, and yeah, like you said, there's the the micro like double cross and then he double crosses the other side. <laughs> he just... <laughs> Because what he was, but what he was proposing to Frank really wasn't that crazy. I was like, "Yeah, but like, that's, that's not Frank's good. mo." Mm. And, and then he, but then when Frank lays it out, he's kind of like, "Yeah, that's a good point too." Like, so it was kind of. I was because at first I was like, when I was you reading, see, you I'm, could see both sides, right? Yeah, because I was like, you know, he's got a point. But then he's like, Frank's like, "Yeah, but government's dirty." It's like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> he's right too. They're, <laughs> they're doing the same dirty shit, so it's like. But he wants him to work for the company, right? Like it seemed like a perfect offer. It's like, why fight the mob? They're too low end. Like we can go get Bin Laden, right? And like name drops and all the stuff that he could do. And again, I love that interrogation scene. That's why I wanted kind of the rest of the book to be kind of flat and muted because the way the artwork is, it pops. And like you can see all the kind of wrinkles and emotion yeah. in Frank's face when he's telling him like all this stuff. And you think Frank is behind the eight ball when in fact he's in front of it. Like he's just buying time, right? He drops the pictures of his kids kind of stuff. Like all that stuff is so well done. Meanwhile, across town, you hear what's going on with the mob and like, they're slowly coming to, you don't realize that, but they're slowly coming to where Frank is. And then you get that kind of like the flip of the story, right? Where everyone gets double crossed and just really well paced. It's like thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Really, really, really good. And then it's the end of like Frank, he's, he's actually, you don't really know, like he's he's a villain in this because it's like at the end you're like, like he's annoying. I was like, man, just. But he's he's so stuck to his values. It's just like yeah. if you're if you do one thing wrong, if you're doing this, you're taking their dirty money. You're doing this, you're one of them. And there was no fault no in that. Ground, no, yeah, like that's it. And I was like, but you could, you can't trust Micro again. Like he no, literally put a sh- shotgun in your face. Yeah, like he takes him out. Yeah. And there's a weird character choice. Like there are certain panels that it looked like Frank Castle was like Clint Eastwood, and I don't know if that was by choice, but 
he had such an like, old haggery face. So when he's in the blue integration, the, yeah, room, I, was like, I thought the exact same thing. He looks like, I was like what's his name from Dirty, Dirty Harry. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, even uh, get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah. like I, was, <laughs> that's what I saw. That's <laughs> Again, he looks tired. He looks tired. It's not bad. It's not bad. And there's a nice car in that. <laughs> and I just, I just remember the Bethel seat. You prick! You asshole! <laughs> you motherless piece! <laughs> it's almost like an afterthought. It's so great. Like he doesn't even get the justice for his character is. It's just like fuck you. I'm done with you. Oh, it's so, so funny good. the way he goes. So uh, we would say that the comic is better than the movie. But without this comic, you wouldn't have the movie that we got because yep. there's definitely a lot of good shades that were pulled. Well, down. like I said, there was the scene they they took scenes directly from this and adapted into the movie. And the movie, man, like on paper, the movie when you when you think about everything that um had not not, it, not on paper on storyboard because we yeah, like the look and the feel of the movie. Yeah, but the paper had no words. I don't know who wrote that script, but good god, <laughs> that was bad. Um, Shout outs to Satoru Markham and Holloway. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was hokey, man. Yeah. But then we jump from one comic to the other, and we're going full circle back to John Wick uh, with his mm. his comic from Dynamite Entertainment, uh, 2017, written by Greg Pak, drawn by Giovanni Valletta. Greg Pak is, I see, I got excited when I saw him because he's a. Um, He's written a lot for Marvel and DC and um, uh, Valley and stuff like that. He's he's a seasoned writer. He's done a whole lot of stuff. I'm pretty sure he did um, World War Hulk or Planet yeah. Hulk and stuff. So yeah, he did World War Hulk and 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 that whole Hulk arc. He did a bunch of other things, um, some House of M stuff. Like he's like a well known, well um, regarded comic Res- book respected. Yeah, yeah, writer. Writer. This was not his best work. <laughs> there we go. There it is. I was waiting for it. This was not his best work. This is not. This is not good. Not good writing. No, and it's it's interesting. It's it's, it's flat. Yes, thank you. That's a perfect word. Thank you. Because it takes it takes place before the movie does. Uh, it's mm-hmm. shining a, it's shining a light on a specific incident when John was a teenager, in with a gang of three other guys, Pecos, Billy, and Buffalo, the, th- the three Bills, right, who tried to kill him but ended up taking out a whole block instead. And I, he comes back for revenge. Right. And Sharon's in it too, Lance Reddick, RIP, once again. He makes an appearance here, and John saves him from being held at gunpoint. And we're introduced to the continental El Paso. It's, you know, during his revenge after the three bills, he ruffles up some feathers, some hires, mm-hmm. higher ups who turns into, turns it around and gets two bills left. Like it's, it's cool, but it's, I don't see how cool. I don't see how this connects to the movie for one thing, because the w- where it ends, it's like this was useless, and you're just kind of right back where you started. <laughs> like, so this is the first time he meets Sharon. Like, this is Lance Reddick. Like, this is the first uh, in El Paso. Yeah, and it's what's going on. So here, here's my first, and I guess my biggest gripe: uh, it's Continental El Paso. Yeah, and you're searching for the Picos. Obviously, you have a comic book where you can put the killer elite in a warehouse or a hotel in anywhere in the world. And you choose El Paso, Texas. Mm-hmm. Nothing against anyone from El Paso. I hope you're listening, but we're looking at a franchise that's now spanned the state of the globe. So I like either go completely out of bounds or like somewhere simple, like Idaho, Maine, where like nothing <laughs> happens. Yeah. Nothing. Except for like they all come in. But so like already I was kind of like off kilter with, the setting and then they do the flashbacks and it's all like this cowboy stuff and it's like this doesn't really fit what i know about john wick so you're like you're trying to make it stylized and cowboy what's the word like genre ish but like that's not even the genre that you're building towards especially if we're going into the movie where he's retired like this should have been kind of like his last final missions or like already known uh the concierge by this point right if, if we're going back into the original movie. Well, that was my big gripe. Well, not my big gripe, but one of my gripes is like, what is this? This is supposed to be a prequel. That's what they advertise as a prequel. Read this before you watch the movie. This answers nothing. And all it does is establish <laughs> that he knows he Lance Reddick or uh, the concierge, Sharon, whatever. He knows him. 
and it kind of loosely gets him involved with the Russians because at the end Maria works for them. Yeah, but that's why? it. And it's like, okay, I would have preferred like John Wick's first mission, or you know, John Wick yeah. retiring with his wife. His wife's not even in this. Nope. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so why why aren't we showing that part that leads to and then like the ending panel is his wife dying, right? And it's like, oh, okay, then this leads into the movie. I'm good. This does nothing. It's just a side thing that might have happened before or might happen in like an alt universe i don't know what it's and what an easy way that you could have established the relationship with his wife like you could have created this whole backstory of like she was an assassin or she brought him out of this world or some sort of thing that like created this big love bond that in her loss like this guy's a broken man to the point that he's putting down his guns like he's taking over a new leaf we get none of that it's hollowed out Mm -hmm. and the fact that like you made john wick chatty like this dude doesn't shut up yeah and I want him to be like one word answers and like have everyone around him giving the exposition and the dialogue because you get the concierge to like break down what the hotel is and like do the rules. Cause that would have been my gripe of how does someone read this? Not understanding the franchise, but they give the exposition of like this, the hotel in the hotel. I can't do this and go here and go here. Great. He should be the talker. Wick should be the shooter. I don't want to hear Wick be like, well, sit down and yeah. let's talk about when I was over. I don't want any of that. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's almost like when they did this, they hadn't watched John Wick. They just heard it. <laughs> they just heard about it. You know what I mean? Like because the character is weird, and then they have that calamity check in there. Yeah, why? I'm like, okay, so they don't they don't need this, but it's just like this crazy like Harley Quinn type nutty with character a, with that, a bazooka. So it doesn't even yeah. fit the motif that you're building. No, like. No. There's a whoosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we were rating them on this, that'd be a whoosh. Because I was just like, this is this was kind of a waste of time. I got a, like, I got nothing out of this. It wasn't fun. It, there, I guess there was some fun parts, but it wasn't really like I don't. No, I, don't lie, don't lie to yourself. I mean, calamity was fun, but she doesn't belong in this world. No, no, she doesn't. I would read something about her, maybe in the old west, but to try and bring her to the concierge. Um, I will say this about the artwork: it's very simplified. They don't waste a lot of line work on characters so like the faces really look like the, the characters and i don't know if it's harder for an artist to draw an existing person from real life or to create their own character mm. but you can definitely tell lance riddick from lance riddick and keanu reeves from keanu reeves in this but there's no detail so all the background is either just a splash of color or the one object that you don't need so it looks like a rush job because there was no time and attention paid to all these other spots um in comparison to the movie i get that it's stylized and clean but like this was almost too clean if that's a thing yeah i know it's because what like you're forcing where my attention goes great but if the dialogue isn't stronger than the simplified pictures then like i'm flying through this and not really enjoying the process of the comic book right and yep. comic book's supposed to be a collaboration of two amazing things amazing writing and amazing artwork and just kind of faltered on both and if you're gonna advertise it as a prequel to the film maybe make it connect to the film yeah like i was saying there's there's nothing even the set like the setting has to be the same but at least lead into the movie uh, how it's gonna start maybe have some elements of it that are there uh, introduce um, what's uh, Le- Leguizamo's character. Ah, uh, like, uh, put him in here he? easily. No, he's not Arello. there. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you could, you could have followed Vigo. This could have been like a Vigo story, that and as then well. you find out like Vigo is responsible for killing his wife. So that's something that we don't get in the movie, but we get here, and then there's another level for when you rewatch the movie. Yep. Um, you had a like a very large opportunity to enhance this world of of the wick universe and nah this this seems like a money grab just i was just gonna say it's just a little cash grab with people who like the movie oh here you go here's the book and it's not even great it's like what even the art like you said even the art's not even that great Uh it's like what am i getting here i'm getting nothing really like even if it was more stylized but like it's trying to look like humans cool but like not detailed so eh so it's not even distinct. Like you'll read this. The most distinct thing about this was the covers. And one of the covers are yeah. always a, a picture of actual Keanu Reeves as John. <laughs> so I, I always laughed at that. I was like, why would you include that? Like that doesn't make me hype for the movie. Draw this shit. 
Yeah, because it's like what's what's because these came out 2017-ish, right? So this is like before the second one came out, and it was like the movie stills. I was like, you guys are lazy. What it's is not this? even a. Yeah. It's not even a. What's it called? Uh, what are the alternative uh, covers called again? Variant. Uh, it's not even a variant. It's literally a picture of Keanu Reeves holding a gun. I was like, fuck you guys. Which is a little bit. Uh, of, yeah, it's not because it's not even like <laughs> missed. It's not even like the colors are changed. It's just literally that. With, it's it's a screen gap. Like like yeah. someone filmed. It was like, just take this one frame and put that as a cover and it's like that didn't help me with anything no fuck you guys no to hurt your comic it made me remind me that i wanted to watch the movie not read this trash so it's interesting that this might be a first for us where maybe not i don't remember (laughs) to that that (laughs) one comic's really good and the other one's really bad and then the one movie's really good and the other one's really bad and it's opposite like that's kind of no, this is a first. That's the first right okay good yeah so i thought i can't remember because i was looking back at all the other ones we've done and i was like all the other AXPs that we've done, and I was like, man, right. I don't remember. No, because I remember loving both Zorro and Batman comics. Yep. Oh, yeah, those were great, yeah. Yeah, uh, but only loving the Zorro movie, because I can't remember which Batman we did, but it wasn't We did one. Batman <laughs> and Robin. <laughs> yeah. That's and not, you went on for good. so long. <laughs> <laughs> and then didn't we do a BC so I could talk more junk about Batman and Robin? I still have things to say about that movie. No, you, you went on for so long. I should have cut that out, but it's like a, you sh- it's like you this 40-minute rant. <laughs> You should have saved that for the Patreon. I was not happy. Listen, I remember going to the theater with my dad, begging him, and then leaving him, and my dad just shaking his head like, this is what you pick? I was like, yeah. yes. But as a kid, you like loved it, right? No. It was like, no, even it was as a kid, long. you didn't like it? As soon as I saw the skates, the skates popping out the boots, I was like, what is this? This don't make sense. <laughs> How does this make sense? Chill. This don't make sense. I will say and this. The end- at the end of that video, I did a compilation of Schwarzenegger saying ice puns. I found it's that's worth the price of admission. If you go back to that episode, it's the it's Batman AXP oh, across the pages with Zorro. But I, I, I actually think this is our, the AXP that's most cohesive. This yep. makes sense. I think you could take Punisher out of his world and put it into John Wick universe yeah. and fuck shit up. And you could put John Wick, uh, pull him out of his universe and put him into, I guess, Marvel universe, and he would fuck shit up, right? That so, would be, you know, what that would be really cool for. Uh, because I haven't seen John Wick 4 yet, but if you had a John Wick 5 and you had a, a character literally based off of the Punisher as like his... Oh, his adversary? Wow. That'd be dope. Like just uh, all guns, maybe a little less fighting, but yes. more guns. And he has to kind of figure yeah. out... And he's just relentless. He's just... They're both him. marksmen, right? Like they're yeah. both like headshot, headshot. I was like... Hmm. And they have to kill everybody else to get to each other. Who wins yeah. that? Yeah. How, do, how do you... How do you... Here's your pitch. Who, who wins in John Wick versus Punisher versus Frank Castle? Baba Yaga versus Punisher. I think book? I think I'm gonna go with Baba Yaga. Wow. I think I'm gonna go with Baba Yaga because wow. he's got he's a trained assassin and he's been doing this. Where Punisher, I don't know, because Punisher's got the artillery though. He's got way Thank you. That's what I'm saying. He's got Punisher showing up guns. with yeah. automatic weapons every time. Yeah. Like Wick can do a lot with a handgun, but like Punisher's yeah. like, nah, why? I'm gonna I'm a bullet machine, oh, a bullet farmer. Because if it comes, if it comes to fisticuffs, uh, John's got him. But just straight shooting, I don't. I've literally I saw Punisher punch a guy through the f- skull. Yeah, through his face through the skull. So again, <laughs> I think the tail of the tape is a little more even than we're giving it credit to. We yeah. have to do a draft. Just well, you just see. you just made me you just made me choose in the spot. So that, that was the first thing that came to mind. And you cho- you chose wrong. <laughs> My head's blue. But uh, that's... You got anything else to say? Are we good? Uh, so like, which one I rewatch? Warzone or original Punisher with Thomas Jane? We got, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to do something else with that one. It's Thomas Jane. And what was the last thing you watched that movie? Thomas Jane? Yeah. Uh, like at least 10 years ago. Yeah, it, probably longer for me because Ray Stevens is a better. He's a better. Um, Correct, Frank Castle, one hundred percent. But there's a better universe of uh, characters, I think, in the Thomas Jane Punisher. I, and I'm I'm gonna assume that my memory serves me right, and John Travolta is a better villain. Than- yes. I li- I literally remember him like because there's a whole plot where Thomas Jane's Frank Castle makes. Uh, John Travolta think that his wife's cheating on him with his right hand man, and Travolta's like, 
fuck you and takes his wife who he like really loves and like drops her off a building i think in front of like a train track to get run over and i laughed i was in the theater i laughed the longest and the hardest because it was implausible but amazing and just campy like the thomas jane one is campy so it doesn't work like it's not gonna work for true punisher fans but there was an era of marvel movies where like they didn't know what they were doing so they're all hilarious oh four right yeah, it's like, not from 04. Dare, yeah, so this is like the, the daredevils and all that stuff. Yeah, and then yeah. Come like 08, 09, they're like, okay, we can go harder because the first Ghost Rider is campy, but the second one is a little more like we're trying to like take it seriously. See, so, I don't remember those movies either. I remember watching them, and I, I like I've always had a crush on Eva Mendes, so I was like, oh yeah, hmm. but I never really took them seriously. I don't well, remember they them. I don't remember that. It's so long no. ago, man. It's Nicolas Cage as a flaming skull. It's <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> we even done can't anything go on Ghost wrong. We gotta do some Ghostwriter stuff no. soon. Yeah, we do. Johnny Blaze. Johnny we'll, Blaze. We'll cross, we'll cross the pages with Method Man. There you go. Mr. Meth for short. But this this is yeah, this is a cross page. If you liked, please comment, please like. Hit us up on the socials. We dropped that at the <laughs> beginning. And it's because you forgot them. You forgot them now. Even you though nobody them. cares. Would you say this movie? Would you say this? You go ahead.